Hello, and welcome to the What's Career Got to Do With It podcast, where we hope to provide a space for honest conversation and information that encourages the listener to take the next steps in their career journey. Wherever you are in this process, we hope this episode will meet you with affirmation, guidance, and maybe some laughs along the way. On today's episode, we discuss an answer or many to the question, what does it mean to be qualified? That triggered me like the last one. What was the last one we talked about that triggered me? Professional. Professionalism. And then we started yeah. talking about hair and dress and everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. What does it mean? What does it mean? I don't, I don't know. Who's I'm, feeling qualified today? <laughs> qualified. I will be by the time I finish this caffeinated drink. Um, I, I, I feel like it's almost one of those things where... Um, it varies, right? So, like, I don't think there's one standard definition of being qualified for something. I don't think that's possible. Or maybe, like, to be a doctor, you got to be, you got to have some standard qualifications. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, like, well, I mean, that would make sense. And it would depend on what you are applying to, whether or not you're qualified. And even then, if you got eight out of nine, you're qualified. Heck, if you got seven out of nine, you're qualified. Go mm-hmm. for it. Shoot your shot. You can learn. Just got to know yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Qualified, but trainable. Because right. I, I don't know anybody who has met every single qualification on a mm-hmm. job, yeah. job description. So, yes, you get a few of them, but then it also shows that you're trainable, which maybe makes you qualified because you're trainable. Does that make sense? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I, when I think of qualifications, I think about the cultural perspective that people bring into the conversation of, for some folks... Age is a form of qualification. Mm-hmm. Then you've got for some people, academic credits or standards is a form of qualification. And some people is just pl- flat out experience. Mm-hmm. So like for me, there's people I like meet who've done something for like 20 plus years. To me, they're qualified, but they might not have the bachelor's or master's to doc- or doctorate to prove qualification for some people. So that's that's what came to mind for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I always tell students the 60-40 rule. That's the way that I look at it. It's like 60% qualified. You probably should go ahead and apply because, like, they've got to be able to teach you something. They don't hire you just because you can do the job because then you're going to be ready to move on already. Right. Mm-hmm. You're 100% qualified. Um, but then, of course, I think there's, there's varying degrees to that. Um, we work a lot with Ph.D. students and thinking through their qualifications for something, leaving a humanities degree or leaving something that may not necessarily be directly related, but they have a lot of transferable skills. They've learned a lot of knowledge, and so they may not really fill that 60%, but they have a lot to offer when it comes to applying to different opportunities. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's so much embedded within this, too, when it comes to f- – not only seeing direct qualifications, but also feeling qualified um, for something. Feeling qualified is a whole different story that, I mean, I think we should dive into as well because we walk into a room and there's a lot of people who've been there when you start a job and you're like, ooh. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know a lot more than me and what am I expected to do? So what are you expected to do when you start a job? Um, I mean, I, I think I would tap in on that, on that imposter syndrome piece yeah. um, and how easily it can, you know, rear its ugly head um, when you're, especially when you're like coming right out of college or, or even trying to get an internship while you're in college to be like, oh, there's so many other people that have been around for longer. They have so much more experience. 
that you forget what you can offer um, to a position and and how it can be unique and something that you know the the employer needed and and you wouldn't have known that because you've let the imposter syndrome kind of take over. Um, so I think it, uh, for me, my, my piece of advice would be to slow down, right? Um, we know that the process of applying for positions, whether it be an internship or a job, is a crazy one anyway. Um, just kind of slow down and, and, and re, re-center yourself to remember what it is that you are going to be bringing to the table. And hopefully that can help you combat some of that imposter syndrome um, and feel confident in the things that you've learned and that you know um, and confident in knowing that you'll go in there and uh, I have a willingness to continue to learn. Um, so, yeah, that's my my penny and a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard that before. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Add it to the T-shirt list. Um, I would ditto and echo that. However, I will also say um, s- slow down, as Nicole said, but sit back and listen and watch and learn. Um, because... <clears throat> It can be a lot and it can be overwhelming, but I will also encourage you to find the spaces where you know your strengths are, but their weaknesses in that particular organization, office or wherever, where you can then shine and then like, oh, Kate just did this. We've been a little lacking in that. Well, let's bring mm-hmm. him on in and we can help let him lead this. And so, you know, there are ways to build your confidence in, in that way as well. Yeah. When I was hearing what y'all were talking about, especially when Nicole brought up the imposter syndrome part, it's like for young professionals, you come in thinking, okay, the vantage point that I'm at, which might feel like the bottom, isn't the ideal place to be. But if you think about it, that vantage point gives you the opportunity to see things differently than folks who've been in that space for like a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. So again, like you were just saying, Anjali, you see different areas that could be improved or just approached a little bit differently, which isn't a bad thing all the time, too. And then the other thing about um, qualifications is there's sort of this, like, connotation that there's some level of expertise that you have to have at the beginning, and and the reality is expertise is gained and, and cultivated over time. And I think that's the thing that people always forget about qualifications and then experience. Those are things that are gained or developed over time. And can I say something that popped in my head as we're thinking of as mm-hmm. everybody is talking, I, I immediately flash back to one of my first mentors, April J. Emery, Elizabeth City State University. Um, Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mighty Vikings. Um, I when I was an undergrad and I started working with her in sports in, in the sports information department, knew nothing about it. Just knew that me and my roommate swapped work studies because she hated it. And I walked in and was like, oh, my God, this is great. But the first thing that she did for me is was introduced herself you know we kind of had some chat and stuff like that she's like okay we have a volleyball game today um and she sat me down in front of the laptop she said here's your cheat sheet listen to what I say let's go knew nothing about volleyball knew nothing about how to stat volleyball what the plays were anything like that but you know a couple of years later she told me I did that for a reason I'm gonna give you the tools and people are gonna give you the tools along the way But also you have people that you can rely upon as well, too. So go in there fearless. You know what you know. You have the tools, but also have the confidence to know that you have the people that you can call on to support you if you don't. Um, So, I mean, that's like just another plug to to as you're developing your circle, really kind of, you know, 
dive deep and 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 choose wisely and always pick the ones or or allow the ones in your circle where you're like why did they do this? Um, because it, it just like your parents say, you know, when you get older, you're going to realize why they did it. Um, yeah. So that was just kind of, kind of in my head. And Kay, you were talking about experts. Mm -hmm. I I need, I need, um, folks to realize that even your experts and these qualifications still have to go back and look at things. Um, so even think about doctors and, and things of that nature, like, as an as a trainer, I still went back to my rehab book because there was no way that I could keep all of those exercises and all those rehab programs in my head. So you always have a resource. Otherwise, they would just stop making books. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So just know that in that space, even though these experts, so you think they are and they might be at the top of their game, they don't know it all. And it's OK. Are you saying knowledge evolves and changes over time? Yes. There you go. You got to be a continuous <laughs> learner, a continual learner. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, and I want to shout out somebody that um, we met with is alum, and you know they they held a very high up position at a company that I will not name drop, but shout out for getting us vaccinated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they said when they hire somebody for like three months, they're just like, just be here. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. Be here. That's what I need from you. Learn the ropes. Learn the people. Get to know where you can identify yourself in this place mm-hmm. and, and go from there. That it's not a, hey, day one, you've got to be this person. That's why we hired you. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't hire you to be 100% day one. No doubt. So, Nicole's already sh- shared a story. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Anybody else have a story about being qualified? We're thinking. Huh. If you got one, you can go. I'm trying like, to think. I'm, I'm trying to recollect. Yeah, we We're should really record these, like, quali- video-wise, because qualified. Kay's face is... When we should, we should have thinking. a few videos. Come on, Bojangles, sweet tea work. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Bojangles. <laughs> Sponsor us. Um, well... Uh, okay, um, so I um, had to teach a class mm-hmm. uh, in my graduate graduate experience, mm-hmm. and um, the teacher's like, um, I'm working with. She's just like, just I need you to do a one, two, three, X, Y, Z. I'm like, do you do you like have a plan? Like, nope, I trust you. Just go. And I'm like. Okay, um, and so I almost like Nicole's like, are you sure you want to do this? But when I got in there, um, what I did find that I knew more once I calmed down. <laughs> I knew more and on the spot was able to just like create this whole lesson plan, this whole engagement. Um, and it was at that point when the students were like, oh, yeah, she cool. And then even more <laughs> was built off of that. But just it's like, are you sure you want to put me in this? Is you, I can shadow. Nope, don't want you to shadow just go and do it and I was like okay well let's go be great it worked so get yeah. your nerves out the way it'll be fine you know what do you think you do mm-hmm. okay I was thinking of two examples one's a student leadership example and the other one is working in fast food which oh. one should we go with please go fast food. food fast food okay so I worked at um Chick-fil-a a long time well it was a while ago like high school Aww, dude, days. I can see that. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. Um, so like as a, that was like my first 
I guess like big boy job. There was like a uh, a tire required. I got my own paycheck. So it's like, ooh, I'm doing the thing. And then you get out of high school early if you got to go to a job. So I really like that too. And I guess like the qualification portion came in where when you when they start you off, you train in different areas of, of the of the store. So my place where I started off was front counter. For me, it was really nerve wracking to have to talk to strangers mm. and take their orders, but also build up some sort of rapport quickly, like within the span of like maybe two or three minutes, maybe five if they have like a large family with them. So for me, that sort of working with people who were like, had been at Chick-fil-A for maybe like five, 20 years. They're like, this is how the system works. This is how you take the order. This is what you need to do if the order's wrong. A lot of that felt overwhelming in the moment. But when I look back at it, I was like, it seems minute now compared to like, you know, the the current work that I do now, but it really gave me the the foundational training that I need to understand that even with those scary moments, I can take that lesson in stride, learn, grow and develop over time and then wash, rinse and repeat every time I, you know, start a new position or gain a new entry level role. So in that sense, like qualifications, I think for me always ties back to when you're working with someone with more experience, whether they have like five, 10 years on you, it's all about Again, giving yourself time and room to just be like you were saying before and and learn from those folks and then see how you can kind of put your own spin on it or, or introduce your own take or a new take to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think any hiring manager, and if they do, let's have a talk, um, goes in there thinking, yes, I'm bringing this person in because they have it all figured out. Right. Mm-hmm. And I expect them to get the, hit the ground running. And yeah, in many ways you can start running or you you can start to trot, whatever. I don't necessarily like that metaphor for all of its ableism, but sorry. <laughs> this is my brain daily, y'all. <laughs> um, I have a weird story, I guess, with mine. Maybe not weird. I don't know. But this is for somebody who's attended a liberal arts college and was there for 10 years. Um, Looking at my degrees and saying, I have a degree in psychology. What do you do with that? You go to grad school, uh, Mm -hmm. the majority of people. Oh, I got a degree in a loosely related counseling field. Like I know enough counseling information to be dangerous, but I'm not – I can't take your insurance um, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And then I also have an MDiv. And and so what do I do with that? Do I I go work in a church? Well – no. Um, and plus, MDiv's not relegated to one denomination or one religion either. So it, there's a lot of different things that I think I threw up in the air and I was like, uh, mm, I want to do – no, that's – I can't do that. Oh, what about this? And I kept trying to like match my degree to a job-specific area and mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way. Um, it can. It can, absolutely. Like if, if you're pre-health, then you're probably going to end up in healthcare. Um, you don't have to, but – you more so lean that direction. But Mm -hmm. knowing that you can go into any career path and with whatever degree you have and taking the next step may seem daunting, but knowing that, hey, there's some adaptability here. There's some flexibility. And it's about how you explore who you are as a person, what you have taken from those degrees and utilizing that as a way to feel some sort of qualification. Hey, I'm not 100 percent qualified to even do what I do right now. <gasps> Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I, I've learned new things about career. I've learned new things about the opportunities before me. And as have all my colleagues, we all have various backgrounds and we walked into this as people who have just experienced work and life. So, yeah. What would y'all want to tell 
the emerging generations of as they enter the job market and they think about what's next and the the task before them and feeling like, hey, this application says X, Y, or Z, and I have maybe Z, and that's it. I would tell you this goes so well for the university we're at. Shoot your shot and um, <laughs> just go shot. ahead and and do the thing um, and and go in confidently in, it, in what you know um, and understand that if you have yourself a good supervisor, they're going to hire you. They're going to know that you're trainable, but they're also seeing things in you that you cannot see yet and that you don't know it's really there. And so that might be a space Come for that on. to just blossom and, and go on. out of control. Uh, so shoot your shot. So I would say shoot your shot, but okay, shot. Mm-hmm. but <laughs> hit the hezzy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shoot your shot. But I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it, it within this theme. Shoot your shot, but know that if you are oak from seven from the NBA three point line, move up and you got to You got to get to the, you know, the NCAA women's three point line. Yes. Stay, stay within your parameters. Right. <laughs> so, again, I think that goes back to a conversation we had in a previous podcast, like shoot your shot, but be realistic. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, I know realistic has a is is subjective. But again, you know, it can't be a senior VP. You, that, that might be too big of a shot to shoot, but is there a associate or is there an assistant position that, you know, you have more of the qualifications for, you could feel a little bit more confident going in and there still leaves you room to grow. Um, so, so yeah, that would, that would be my, my, you know, if it's NBA or NCAA, choices. <laughs> shoot your shot. I need somebody to finish this. I don't know if y'all can see me typing. I'm seeing if we can get a whole sentence. Who's next? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> if you need help, Kay, shoot your shot shoot within your shot. the parameters. Mm. Oh no. Next. <laughs> go, to ne- go to next person. And know that it's not all on you mm-hmm. to perform. For sure. Uh, I think we go into this with the expectation that, hey, we're here by ourselves. But. The employer has some stake in this. Your hiring manager, your boss, whatever you want to call them, supervisor, they have some stake in this, and they need to know that they need to be patient. They need to work with you. They need to educate. They need to lead. And it's not your job to tell them to do that. And so as you go through the process... Mm. <laughs> Whoa. Mm. I felt that in my soul. Yeah. As they as you go through the process, know that they should be working alongside of you. They should have a plan as well. They should help you work in those next steps and figure out, all right, what can I do better at? How can I perform better? But also, are they looking at themselves and saying, how can I lead better? Mm. These are the signs of a healthy workplace. These are the signs of a place that are really investing in their employees, that Mm -hmm. they understand what means to be qualified is not that 100%. Hey, you looking at me for something to say? Say something else, child. Go ahead and wrap up that episode. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, thank you for joining us today on the What's Career Got to Do with It podcast. We hope you've taken something away and know that at the end of the day, we're all qualified to do something. Yeah. So go out there and shoot your shot. Take care. Bye, y'all. Bye. Shine, live your Woo. life. <laughs>